Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, January 3rd, 2014. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere using open web standards like HTML, CSS, JavaScript, REST, and JSON. This week, we discuss the pros, cons, and implications of the mess of wacky gadgets we received in 2013. Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. <laughs> Dot. 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 <laughs> Welcome back. Yes. How was your vacation? Uh, it was good. And until the part where it ended. <laughs> <laughs> the fatal flaw of vacations. Yeah. Yeah, although I have to say, ending a vacation where you've stayed home is not really as bad as ending one where you've been somewhere. Mm, totally. Yes. Yeah, pro tip is to come back a day early if you're traveling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, like, that that day after the travel back is just god-awful. But, uh, great. So, dear listener, we missed you. Hopefully, JBot and KBot took care of you in our absence. Thought they did a pretty good job. Yeah, uh, yeah really, really good for the, for the first podcast, especially. Yeah, and it didn't seem like they weren't too jittery or anything. No. Yeah. They were more, more put together than I was in the first episode, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think, K, I think K-Bot said more, too. <laughs> Perhaps. Well, uh, it was certainly a lot more work than I expected to put together the highlight episode, but it was extremely enjoyable for me. Yeah, yeah, except I had this, I found this really, really weird phenomenon that uh, after listening to 44 episodes, I think it was, mm. at, at two times normal speed, mm. going back and listening to an episode normally, we just, we sounded so tired. Yeah. Like, like on ludes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I should, should I talk faster now? Would that make you feel more comfortable? I know. <laughs> uh, cool. So uh, we have, I think, a pretty fun show. It's a good year-end show, even though uh, we are into 2014 at this point. Uh, we are going to look back at uh, 10 gadgets that we received in 2013 and talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, and what the this sort of array of things means for developers and, uh, you know, just looking into the future of the computing landscape. Um, but before I do that, let's see if we have any housekeeping. Uh, um, I have a tiny thing. Sure. I updated feathers. Cool. To fix a, to fix a small bug that was requiring, oh, some of the, some of the additional, uh, CSS files that you could include were requiring, a, a previously undocumented mix-in file. Huh. That um, and I, I've changed it to where that's those are the the mix-in automatically gets added when it needs to be. So. Cool. And you want to? You don't have to worry about that anymore. For people who don't know what Feathers is. Feathers is it's a Ruby gem that gives you access to a very lightweight CSS boilerplate that sets up some things like typography and button styles, you know, common common elements like that, forms and, and that sort of thing. Cool. Awesome. So we'll link to that in the show notes. I think you also put Margo on, you set up a blog using Margo, right? I, I did. I'm, move, I'm moving my blog off of Tumblr. I'm going to leave the old stuff on Tumblr and then just, just uh, like link to back to my site. Mm. But yeah, I decided to move my blog off Tumblr. So I just, I stuck Margo up on my site the other night. Cool. 
and Margo is a super simple um, sort of blogging I don't want to say engine because it's not that elaborate it's just a lightweight little markdown blogging thing uh, that's up on github that we'll also link to kind of like Jekyll but way easier <laughs> yeah if that if you can believe that yeah and and Jekyll will actually generate the static output the static files that you can then upload and Margo doesn't it just parses the uh, the markdown real time but yeah yeah that's true yeah it's yeah I guess you can run Jekyll either way but yeah, I haven't I haven't looked into Jekyll. I like I like the idea of Jekyll because of the way it's integrated into GitHub and everything. But I guess we don't need to go off on this tangent. But the the idea of hosting my blog on GitHub is like, if I was going to do that, why wouldn't I just use Tumblr? It's like, I don't really want to. I don't know. Feel weird I, about I looked that. into it once because I like the idea, and um, I was thinking about actually moving my site onto another server that only had Ruby on it. So I was looking at Jekyll for 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 that. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea. It looks good. It looks solid. But I just, I personally don't like the way things are, the way it's structured in terms of how files are organized and that sort of thing. So, mm. isn't it funny how that can throw you off? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I could probably change it if I wanted to put that much effort into it. But if I wanted to put that much effort into it, I'd just like use another <laughs> blogging platform. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's Jekyll and Margo. We'll link to those in the show notes as well. Um, any other housekeeping? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I think next week is a normal week. I've got a talk coming up in Boston, but that shouldn't interfere with anything. So yeah, we should be on schedule next week. Um, all right, so let's jump into the feature content uh, without further ado, shall we? Sounds good. All right, cool. So uh, in no particular order... Uh, we're just going to run down a list of uh, 10 Wizzy gadgets that we got this year and sort of talk about what we liked, didn't like, and then uh, kind of wrap up with the, the implications on the future of programming. So I'll start off. Okay. I, I finally got an iPad mini. After One of whole, the retina display ones. Yes, exactly. So I, I when the iPad mini first came out, I, it was a big yawn for me. I did not care at all because... Um, for some reason on the tablets, the retina screen really mattered. It, it really, I don't care about it so much in other places, but on the tablet, it really bothers me to look at like the iPad too. Right. So I held out for the retina iPad mini. It seemed inevitable that it would come out and when it finally did, um, I got one for Erica actually uh, for her Christmas present air quotes, her Christmas present. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I had previously gotten her Nexus 7. She was going to take the plunge into uh, uh, Android territory. And unfortunately, the original unit we got had some kind of uh, fatal flaw. And it would just like reboot every, you know, 10 minutes or so. And it was just just really flaky. It ended up getting fixed with a software update. But I missed my window of opportunity to spread Android (laughs) in the the Stark household. Um, But so the funny thing is... Uh, having both now, I, I, she, now that she's got the iPad mini, she's going to, she's been glued to it, but, um, it's easy, you know, she's kind of like, you know, I really did like the, the, the size and shape and weight of the Nexus seven better. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I, I definitely do. It's, it's, so it's the most bizarre thing for people who haven't, uh, held an iPad air, which is the new iPad full size and an iPad mini. Uh, over Christmas, my father had the 
the original iPad mini. And so I go over his house and there's his iPad laying there and I pick it up and I was like, kind of like blinking my eyes, like kind of rubbing them. Like this is the mini. It seems yeah. like, the, you know, but it wasn't, it was, he had traded in the mini and I went to Best Buy and got like 150 bucks for the mini and uh, got an iPad air. And unless you put them side by side, I almost can't tell the difference between them. Isn't that weird? It's weird. Yeah. They're almost the same exact weight. Um, the iPad they, and the screens are smaller, but they feel like they're the same size. Yeah. It just it's strange. It's weird. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to describe. I was surprised he went for the bigger one. I can't, now that I have the mini, I cannot think of a reason to get the large size, unless you're some kind of like business or industrial use, or you're going to use an external keyboard, or, you know, you're going to yeah. use it as your main travel computer. Yeah. The mini is like, I have far superior to the, the full size iPad in my opinion, but it's, it's kind of wide. It's that four by three aspect ratio and it's, uh, it's much heavier than you think it's going to be which is a real bummer. That doesn't surprise me because iPads in general have been pretty heavy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The retina screen that just juices up the battery and they need to, you know, just pack the battery in there, I guess. But the Nexus seven is much is I, I like a lot better uh, for people who are looking at for a tablet. If you don't, if you don't really have a strong preference between iOS and Android and you're just looking for a nice tablet for email, web browsing and reading books and watching movies and stuff, uh, the Nexus Seven, you can't beat it. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I like I have a Nexus Seven, and I hadn't used it in a long time since getting my uh, the Kindle, but I broke it out a few days ago and found myself using it more again. I, just, I I really do like the tablet. Yep, I I will tell you right now, if you see one in a Best Buy or wherever, uh, you're gonna look at it and be like, it looks really long and skinny. It looks weird, uh, but when you're actually using it, it's great. That yeah. that aspect ratio is perfect. Um, the, the Kindle, the Kindle fire HD, which I also have is the same aspect ratio as the, uh, the, uh, iPad, the iPad mini, and it's too wide to really hold with one hand comfortably. Mm -hmm. Nexus seven's a lot better. You can stick it yeah, in your back pocket even. That's what I like about the Nexus seven is I can, I can stick it in a, in a, a pocket and, and it, it's nice to hold one hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not like I take it out of the house, but a lot of times you get the baby in one hand, you get the bottle in the other hand, you need to jam the, the tablet somewhere you stick in your pocket it's really yeah. so the so overall uh i would say the ipad mini is a thumbs down i think it's great for what it is uh it 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 delivers on everything it says it's going to deliver on the battery life's really good the screen's really nice uh the uh, whatever you know yeah. uh, it's heavier than it's not heavier than they say it is but they certainly don't talk about it being really light but um, the price is ridiculous compared to this, the, the yeah. Amazon and the uh, Nexus tablets you can get. It's just a joke. So if you're price sensitive at all, you, if you're price sensitive at all and you're not baked into the Apple ecosystem, you know, you don't have a ton of iTunes and stuff and all that, uh, I would definitely skip the iPad mini. Uh, that said, if I was going to buy an iPad for sure, I would, it would be a mini and not a big one. Almost certainly a mini and not an air. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel about them too. Yeah. And oh man, if you have kids in the house, you definitely don't want the bigger one. <laughs> the smaller one's just perfect for the kids. So yeah, Retina iPad mini. Thumbs yeah, down. I thought, of, I thought about getting <laughs> thought about getting Kira one for her birthday. She uses, uses the iPad at school. And 
Yeah, I mean, it's nice, but all things considered, I yeah. it's not my first choice for a, a mid-sized tablet. Yeah. All right, so let's move along to number two. Kelly's new Firefox OS phone. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> my pleasure. Very exciting. It, don't don't thank me. Thanks, night. Mozilla. Yes, thank you, Mozilla. Uh, do I have to build an app for this now? Don't you want to? It's so easy. I mean, easy. I want to. I want to, yes. I'm just wondering if I agreed to build one. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think so, actually. I, I, I think uh, the premise under which I approached the dude uh, was that you and I host a podcast and that we'd be talking about it, which we are. Oh. And uh, that said, um, you know, we, just, we have no reason to say it's nice if we, if we thought it was crap, but we do both think it's pretty nice. I have one, too. Yeah, and I, I think the, the one I got was a, a newer, the newer version for the one you have. Yep. Well, there are two sizes. You get the bigger one yeah. I get the smaller one. Yeah. So Kelly's got the, the white peak. one. Yep, peak, and I've got the orange key on. Um, yeah, it's a nice little piece of kit. It's uh, you know, it's plasticky. Well, what do you think? What do you think of yours? Um, yeah, I mean, it's plasticky, but it feels solid. Right. Um, I was a little nervous taking the back off of it the first time to put, to put stuff in. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, don't break, don't break, don't break, but it didn't. And and put back together with the battery in and all that. It, it feels good and solid, and it's got it's got the larger screen than the Keon, and I I really love the display on it. The display is great. Um, uh, you know, hardware at times is a little bit slow, but uh, you know it's it's not meant to be a, a high end feature, a high end phone. So right. that's that's kind of expectable. Um, I found when I first turned it on, setup was extremely painful just because. Um, by default, it had the automatic brightness adjustment enabled. Mm. And for some reason, it felt the need to drastically adjust the brightness of my display every half second. <laughs> so, and it just, it caused horrible lag and everything. It was but the once disco I got mode. In it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, I mean, it was, it was doing it so much that I actually wondered if the display was just like not working properly. Mm. But once I, once I got in and, and turned that off, then, you know, everything, uh, everything improved, uh, Dr- dr- drastically and mm. it's just uh navigating around the the os and things like that are just really slick and really smooth and for for such an an early release of an operating system it feels very polished i totally agree it's a, it's like a simplified version of i mean if you're familiar with web os it's very similar to web os but it feels it feels sort of so similar to ios i think uh, ios 6 and earlier in terms of uh, the user interface and the settings and everything, but it's just very, in my opinion, it's it's very like easy. It's like yeah. it's nothing fancy at all. No, it's it's incredibly intuitive. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Man, as far as the the aesthetics of it, I mean, the early earlier version, these early versions of Firefox OS are leaps and bounds ahead of, of the early versions of Android in terms of how it looks. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. 100% agree. It's, uh, I mean, they've got a lot of, you know, they're like three or four, five years behind. I'm not sure when they started boot to Gecko, but they're several yeah. years behind. So they had a lot of benefit of, of learning from other people's mistakes. But, uh, I mean, there are some things about it that are just absolutely fabulous, in my opinion. Um, probably my favorite part is the, the way that you program for it, which mm-hmm. is 
not something an end user is probably going to care too much about, I suppose. But I mean, these things are like, like core web DNA and you, you like web apps and regular apps and websites and everything. It's all like, it's all blurred together. There's just no real distinction drawn anywhere yeah. uh, in the interface. It's, it's, it's amazing how fast, if, if you are the kind of person who has a lot of stuff in the cloud already, the phone will, uh, you will instantly feel very, everything will feel very familiar instantly on the phone because you just sort of bookmark your favorite websites to the home screen and they kind of run like apps and you can switch between them like apps, just like WebOS, if you're familiar with that. And it's just like all this today. It's like, hey, here's my data. Here's my calendar. Here's my mail. Yeah, yeah, I I'm seriously considering using it as my main phone. Yeah, I can see that. It's it's nice uh good contrast display. Uh it's a good size. Um for me, the one I have is uh, is pretty small. The screen's a little bit smaller yeah. than the iPhone 4 and lower. Yeah, so yeah, typing got, really stinks. Much smaller than your screen is much smaller than mine then. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, to me, the the main things. I mean, it's missing stuff. Mine doesn't have any orientation change. Uh, mine doesn't have. Um, uh, it doesn't have all the sensors of the other iPhones. It's not as smooth as as like uh, an iPhone five, of course. Yeah. But uh, it's just a real nice, solid phone that uh, you know you could it'd be great for a kid. They're inexp- The point is that yeah. they're inexpensive. Yeah, this this would be this would be a great phone for a kid, and um, actually, I I do get orientation change, but only in the web browser. Gotcha. In in the OS, there's no orientation change. Yeah, I I didn't. I, after you said that, I tried. It doesn't it again. bother me. Yeah, I never. I, well, it's funny. I've had the phone for six months, and I never noticed it didn't have orientation change. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I didn't really miss it, but. Um, you know, if you are a big gamer or something, you're not going to like it because you don't have anywhere near the selection of games or other apps, but all of the big ones are there, you know, Facebook, Twitter, um, you know, Pinterest, anything that's got a good mobile web experience essentially has an app for the phone. It doesn't need to be in the marketplace. So it's a, it's a good, it's a good, like workman like phone with decent, better than average hardware, I would say. Yeah, yeah. You know, for for what it's designed to be, I think it nails it. It's just you have to just keep in mind that it's it's not designed to be a competitor to uh, like an iPhone five S. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a phone for people who um, have a flip phone or like a right. candy bar phone, basically. And it's like leaps and bounds more awesome than that. I mean, it's like there's no comparison. It's like it's like you know, it's crazy good if you think of it that way. So yeah. the, the problem, the thing that bums me out about this phone is that it's not as cheap as it needs to be because you can get Android phones with like, you know, a, a four point, what, what are we up to? 4.4 jelly bean? There's a 4.3. I think so. And that is like super polished. Four point, and there, yeah. And there's four a point KitKat. Is it? Oh, right. KitKat, right. Jeez, that's right. And, uh, I mean, there's just like a quadrillion apps for Android. So it's like, it's really there. They, these, the Firefox phones, of course, the OS is one thing and the, the, the device itself is another thing. So, um, it could very well be that the Firefox OS, OS ends up on a much cheaper handset and the OS is designed to run on very inexpensive hardware. So that's probably going to be the case. These are the developer phones. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I I have high hopes for this. Uh, I, I see this catching on somewhere, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I my my first impressions were, were extremely positive. I, I like it a lot. And um you know, if the um yeah, I mean there's a couple of big apps that I, I like and use that aren't aren't there, but in general, I, yeah, like you said, anything that's got a mobile web experience, you can just plop it onto your home screen and, and away you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when I look at my home screen, I don't even know which of these is the mobile website and which one is an actual app that was submitted. Right. And and just, for, just so people know, so developers know that you you can do something as simple as add a manifest file to your website and bang and, and submit it to the... the um, the Firefox marketplace and like, boom, you're in the app store. Nice. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Um, is there an approval process or? Yeah, they do go through them. So I think, I don't know if, well, I should say that it took like a week for Kilo to get approved. And I don't know if mm-hmm. that's because someone reviewed it or because they just don't have an automated system in place. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, if you go to um, getkilo.com on a Firefox phone. It will install to the home screen with like full size icon instead of like a little bit more. Well, I guess all of it. Well, I'm like, I guess really the only advantage is that uh, of doing it, it's called a hosted app. The only advantage of doing a hosted app, I guess, is that um, you get that sort of minimal Chrome around Mm -hmm. the, you know, you don't have like a URL bar or anything like that. Just like an iOS full screen home screen app. Right. So it's a great, I, I great program the, experience. I <laughs> yeah, I, I obviously I didn't do that. I made someone to do that. No, no, the, the guy that did it did an excellent job on it. Yeah, I like it too. I'll link to him in the show notes if anybody's looking for a good icon designer. I'm really, I really like it too. It's like a chocolate donut with Jimmy's on it. <laughs> exactly. Now that oh, see, regional differences. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to number three. Yes. Uh, oh, so Firefox phone, thumbs up? Thumbs up. Yep, thumbs up too. Thumbs up for what it's intended to be. Exactly, yep. So number three, the Chromecast. This is a cool little, this is a cool little thing. So the Chromecast is, it's kind of like a set-top box, but, it, you know, the bastard child of a set-top box and a thumb drive. <laughs> oh. I, keep, I keep trying to find a use for this so I can buy one and I haven't yet uh, that's funny you should say that because I almost never use it and it's not really fair to say that but let me let me explain so it's a um, it's like a big thumb drive so if you imagine like a regular size thumb drive and you swap out instead of the normal USB 2 plug you swap out a, a larger HDMI plug and the whole thing kind of sizes up proportionally uh, that's what you have, and you just plug that directly into the HDMI port on the back of your TV, and you can, um, from a variety uh, of places, you can sort of air share your screen to the TV. So it kind of, so it's it's completely awesome for the apps that it works in, but it doesn't work in enough apps. That's, that's the problem. So, um, so the, the way that it basically works is that, uh, if you're, uh, the perfect use case for it is to plug it into your TV 
And if you're watching YouTube on your phone, you can just press the uh, the cast button and what you're watching on your phone, uh, the, the source URL of what you're watching gets sent to the phone and then the phone, uh, sorry, gets sent to the Chromecast and then the Chromecast <coughs> connects over your Wi-Fi to YouTube to then pull that content down to the TV to the point that you're watching it. So you're not streaming it from your phone to the TV. You're controlling the TV from your phone. Oh, okay. So it seems a little less laggy. It's a lot less laggy. Yeah. So, so it, you're basically just telling your, it's, it's kind of like a really kick-ass remote control. <laughs> uh, and in addition, it does give you like pause, play, stop controls on the phone. Um, so if you are the type of person who is constantly sharing stuff from your phone to your TV, like say if I just wanted to play like, like Google play audio from my phone to the TV, uh, or YouTube from the phone to the TV and just sort of like, or podcasts or something like that, then that it, it would be a good way to go, I suppose. But, um, it, it doesn't, the problem is I don't use it because I never really do that. Like I only turn on my TV in a specific situation. And when I do do that, it's because I'm going to use the Roku, which we'll talk about in number nine. Right. See, I feel like my Apple TV does all the stuff that I need to do. Yeah, so it's, I've, got, I've got Netflix on there. I've got Hulu on there. I've got all mm-hmm. the iTunes stuff. And if mm-hmm. I want to display something from my computer, AirPlay mirroring over the local network is fast and responsive. And mm-hmm. Yep, it's yeah. very similar. So a couple of differences are the Chromecast is like 30 bucks. Uh, yeah. Chromecast is a much better form factor than the Apple TV. Uh, of course, that's that's... Apple TV is not bad, so that's kind of picking nits. Because uh, I also have the Apple TV, and it's uh, it's uh, the problem with Apple TV is that is is only that. Or geez, how do I say this? If you don't have a problem with Apple TV, then Chromecast is not going to be great. But if there's stuff that you can't share from your uh, Android phone, for example, to Apple TV, then you would okay. be annoyed. Um, the other yeah, thing is sense. that. The other thing is when you air share from your device to Apple TV, it takes over your device. So you can't use your phone for anything else because you're streaming from it, right? Like it blacks out the screen. Oh, I don't know. I've never done it from my phone. I've only just done it from my computer. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if you're like watching a video and you air share it, your screen on your phone goes black and it says sharing ah. to your Apple TV. So your phone becomes ah. dead. Ah, uh, see, I've I've only done the display mirroring on from the computer. That's cool. And what what situation do you do that in? Is it for for like, just like watching a movie or? Um, it's usually for, uh, usually f- uh, sometimes we watch videos that um, I've acquired <clears throat> perfectly legally on the computer, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that I couldn't get on like, um, Netflix or or you know like say I'm watching an, an Amazon something Amazon Prime, since there's no Amazon app mm-hmm. on the Apple TV. Mm-hmm. I can watch Amazon Prime video and, and do their AirPlay mirroring to the Apple TV. Interesting. And that's a good, it's a smooth experience. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no lag or anything. And sometimes I just mirror my display to the big 46-inch TV and sit on the couch and write code. Yeah, I was wondering, yeah. I was wondering if you do that. I've tried that and it doesn't work for me. I don't know yeah, why. I don't, I don't do it for long, but sometimes it's, yeah. Yeah. So... I guess the end of the day, I would say uh, Chromecast is 
too soon. So I, I have to give it a thumbs down even though I really like it because it's not built into enough apps yet. But um, once, uh, if you know, for example, uh, Amazon Instant Video, if I could, mm-hmm. if I could browse around, and it's not uncommon for me to browse around on the phone in Amazon to pick a movie instead of picking it on my Roku, which we'll talk about later, uh, and decide what I'm going to watch on my phone. And if if uh, if I could Chromecast, if I could cast it to the Chromecast right from there, it would be killer. That'd yeah. be perfect. But instead, then I have to like go over, open up the Roku, then go search for the movie that I already know I'm going to watch. And then play it that way. So it's a few more steps. But uh, so once, so I, I would say keep your eye on Chromecast because it's so cheap and it's a cool little thing. It just plugs into the back of your TV and it's just, there's no wires or anything. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a power cord that goes to USB on your TV, but there's no, you don't have to plug it into the wall or anything. So yeah, self-contained, nice little thing. And it's, it's great functionality for the money but i think that the functionality is duplicated and extended better um, with more content coverage by other things so i would keep my eye on it but probably not go out and buy one but on the plus side if you do go out and buy one you're not going to spend a lot of money that's right so you can just try it out yeah and you get like a like free six months of net or three months of netflix or something like that so it's it mm. basically boils down to free almost so cool all right, so number four, the 3DS. Yeah, and Curious, Curious had a 3DS for a while. Um, but actually, Richard, Richard bought a, the, the new upgraded version, which is has a larger screen, a little better hardware, and, um, and and all that. So, And I was looking at it, and it was the first time I really actually really paid much attention to it. And um, first off, it's got a web browser on it. So back up a second, because I don't even okay. know what it is. Okay, it's a Nintendo's um, little handheld portable game system, and it's it's self-contained. You're not. It's not like yeah. the controller for a a set-top console. No, it's it's self-contained. It's got it's got two screens, two touch screens. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you like flips open, and there's one on the top, one on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And the top screen does like the the split screen 3D display. It's 3D stuff. Yeah, like naked eye, which 3D. explains why I never paid much attention to it. Before. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> It's naked eye three D. Yeah. That's yes, for, I did not for the game for the games that support it, yes. Wow, that's weird. So okay, so and does it have like a sort of traditional um like game controller physical controls or you control everything with the lower touch screen? Um like it's does, got, does it have any hardware buttons? Yeah, yeah. It's got a you know, it's got a D pad and it's got a a few buttons and it has several buttons on the D-pad and it's also got a stylus. Interesting. And the stylus you use on the bottom screen or the top screen? Uh, Yeah, the bottom screen. Interesting. Okay, so now now it's super interesting because you say it has a web browser. Uh, So what, does it connect to Wi-Fi or does it have have, uh, like cellular connection? Uh, No, it connects over Wi-Fi. And I mean, you know, the the web browser is it looks kind of weird when you're when you're looking at a web page because it'll show up on the bottom screen, mm. and then as you scroll as you scroll down the page, like the page will also like appear on the top screen. So basically, you get <laughs> so like the like the top part of the page will start showing up on the top screen as you scroll. It's it's hard to describe, but mm. but it, it's like scrolling. It's like scrolling across two screens, um, huh. two screens at two different resolutions. So that's kind of odd, but um. 
and you know the it's it's pretty much what you would expect for a web browser for a, a small game device it has you know html css some javascript some html5 you know, just just a just your basic web browser right yeah but with um, a d-pad and a stylus attached to yeah, it yeah with a d-pad and a stylus and and you mostly control it with the stylus but you can also use use the d-pad and the buttons to, to do some some stuff in the web browser wacky can you so can, does it, can you like pinch to zoom on the bottom screen i doubt it it's probably just uh no as, yeah. as far as i as far as i can tell i didn't even think to try zooming but as far as i can tell like to tap to zoom or anything like that i i never tried it so mm. interesting but um, that's actually not the thing that interested me the most about it. Okay. And um, what interested me was not for not for what it does. And um, um, let me oh, let me see. Let me just explain what it does. Um, it's got this got this feature. Uh, what do they call it? Let me look here. Um, yeah, it's got this it's got this feature they call Street Pass. Called what? Basically, they call it Street Pass. Okay. And basically, it's if you have it on, even if the device is asleep, and like you're near other people who have oh. 3ds is turned on, then it just it kind of passively shares information. So if like two people are on the bus, they kind of like buzzes in your pocket, like someone wants to like I don't know, like like ninja you or whatever, whatever. Yeah, Mar- like, play like, Mario not, with you. not even that. Like you can like for instance, like like let's say you're playing Pokemon. And you're near someone else who also happens to have Pokemon on their 3DS, then you would just kind of kind of exchange characters from each other's games, and it would all just happen in the background, without you even doing anything if you had this this enabled. And mm. to me, I just found that sort of passive exchange of information, without necessarily being connected to a larger network, I I just I found that really kind of fascinating and and mm. interesting and. Yeah, definitely. It just—it seems like there seems like there's a lot more potential there to to do things other than like characters in a game. <laughs> right. Yeah, like the like just a stupid example. Remember, yeah, the, we both mm-hmm. read that that book you sent me. I can't remember the name of it. Like Cyberstorm. Cyberstorm. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, and there, a big piece of the book was that people set up a mesh network between their phones. Mm-hmm. And tonight. Uh, Maggie got her shots today. That's why she's crying in the background. She had to go for vaccines. And so she's not feeling that great. And uh, I had to go out to get like baby Tylenol for her. And it's like a complete Mm -hmm. blizzard here. Yeah. And I was like, probably why our connection's so bad tonight. Oh, you know what? I'm sure that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. We've got got a bunch of ice here. Yeah. My connection does get crappy when the weather's. I forgot it's, I forgot it was a blizzard actually. Um, but uh, yeah, and I just wanted to like press a broadcast button and like 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 ping all my neighbors and be like, "Hey, does anybody have baby Tylenol?" Yeah, baby Tylenol. So I don't have to drive to CVS, and which probably isn't even open anyway. Right. But uh, yeah, I love that. It's almost like a little mesh network. I wonder if it's Zigbee or if it's Bluetooth or how they do that. But I yeah, guess... I don't know, like NFC or what? I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I think NFC is really really like centimeters so yeah probably so probably so there's also but, wi-fi direct there's a couple of different technologies but that is super interesting like the the potential for that is crazy yeah i mean you could you could potentially distribute massive amounts of data and like without connecting to any network i mean just just by a bunch of you know imagine people walking through new york city as as big and as big and as many people as there are in new york city mm. 
Yeah, just, just peer-to-peer the, packet yeah. exchange. Right. Yeah, it's, it's like TCPIP is perfect for that too. It's just like, you know, like eventually the packets will get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is that is really cool. I didn't. I, I had heard about that. I didn't know it was a 3ds. I didn't really didn't really uh, hit me full on. Huh. Well, that's uh, that is. I think that's interesting on two levels for me, at least as a developer. One is the sort of notion of the passive peer network. That's really crazy. Like I can't imagine yeah. all the security conversations they had about that. <laughs> and, um, and the other thing is that, um, people, you know, could be browsing your website on a 3ds. Yeah. With a D pad. Yeah, and, and I checked, I, I checked mine on the 3ds and actually, Oh, that's another thing. Fast active works on it. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Love that. And your website works on it quite well. Mine, and mine, uh, like the big background image, uh, didn't render, but the smaller background images did. So yeah, cool. some kind of weird, but whatever. Yeah. Oh, well, it's probably a memory thing. Yeah. Well, cool. So 3ds. I think that's. I mean, I don't know if. Uh, I mean, I, I would always be interested in getting one just for testing, but. Uh, I'm just not a gamer. I'd be curious to see if uh, Cooper yeah. would be into something like that. He's so obsessed with uh, iOS games right now. Right. So what he is? So I'm guessing that's a thumbs up then for the at least for the kidlet. Uh, yeah, you know if you're if you're into like the the types of games that Nintendo puts out, then definitely yeah. Hmm. Cool. All right. Great. Well, moving right along. Let's use our connection while we have it. <laughs> uh, number five, LED Christmas lights. So I have these too. Yes, I, I, I believe probably a lot of people do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this isn't super gadgety, but I'm just I just wanted to put it on there because uh, it's it, it caused me to notice something. Our behavior changed with, with the difference between LED and incandescent uh, Christmas lights. Uh, since they they create no heat and they use practically no energy. <clears throat> We got this sort of foot switch that you can use to turn them on and off, but we literally never turned them off. Yeah, ours ours stayed on. When we had a, we had a live tree too, which I know I know you did as mm, well for the first time. And in a while, which yeah, the yeah, same here, which kind of makes you know, makes you worry about fire hazards even more. Right. And yeah, we 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 plugged them in, we turned them on, and we never turned them off until we took the tree down. Yeah, I mean it's it changes the way you like we also have these led candles all over the place mm-hmm. and they actually are wax on the outside and uh they just have a little switch on the bottom and they they flicker and they're yellow and and i swear like they're and erica mixes them sort of tastefully in with real candles and at mm-hmm. the end of the night i have to look inside of them to see which ones are flames and which ones are led yeah i want i want to get a few of those yeah they're great the batteries last a way, super long time the power consumption is really low um, I, I just think there, it's like one of those things like Ellie, you know, the, the uh, January 1st, they sort of, the ban on incandescent bulbs went into effect. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, if you want uh, 40 or 60 watt bulbs with uh, filaments, you're going to have to go on the black market. Silk road, I guess has been taken down, but maybe there's some <laughs> other dark net where you can get your 60 watt bulb fix. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, led bulbs, I think, I don't know. Yeah, when there were Christmas lights and like they just had this little control thing on them and you know like this tiny little box and they're like four hundred different programs for your Christmas lights. Right. Yeah, you can totally program and do all this stuff, but it's like I don't yeah. know. 
There's something about the LED bulbs that that for me presents abundance in a way that um, like there's a sort of sort of um, what's the word? It's not a cliche. I guess it's a cliche, but it's like it's like if you are you know the the idea of being conservative with something that you have an abundance of limits progress so like if you and it sounds wasteful because if you like if you if you're like an eco green person you're like oh you know don't don't waste water or whatever yeah like th- theoretically it is wasteful but right, it's not but, as wasteful <laughs> yeah yeah so like like the the bulbs, it gets to the point where there it's an order of magnitude less power usage that there's probably some argument that could be made that I'm using more like, or not more electricity, but more energy by turning them on and off than mm-hmm. I would if I just left them on. Yeah. Because I have to eat food to move my body over to the thing to, you know, so it's weird. It's, I just think there's something about LED bulbs that like gives me a, uh, uh, it's something really futuristic about it. Like they've crossed yeah. over into the complete mainstream living room. Yeah, it's like they used to be super expensive. Yeah, and bad, like a horrible yeah. light. Remember original like LED flashlights? They were oh, yeah. horrible. Yeah, the and the the color temperature was horrible, and yeah. yeah, yeah, it was like. But they're they they definitely crossed over as a technology and as a as a computer output. I see them as like a. Uh, it just gives me it gives me that feeling like like something crazy cool can happen with this because the combination of of high quality output with low power consumption mm-hmm. uh, and and just basically cheap they're just inexpensive so it's just something about that like a massive array of LEDs to doing something you know yeah. I don't I don't know what but I just feel like I don't know so I I just just wanted to throw it on the list because it gives me this weird futuristic feeling to have always on led bulbs on my christmas tree and yeah they're just like they're just a fun thing to play with yeah they're cool like i i mean if i had thought about it i wonder if i had some if i could have hacked together something that like like have them like demonstrate twitter updates by you know like flashing the <laughs> red ones if like twitter <laughs> was angry <laughs> something. Yeah. but uh I don't know. I mean, it's not like a super techie entry, but there's something about it that something about LEDs that I feel like is a big deal. So I just wanted to give a big shout out to the LED Christmas lights and give them a thumbs up. And they're like five bucks. Like they're way cheaper yeah. than, than regular bulbs and better. Yeah, they are. So yeah, anyway. you don't have oh, one of them goes out and the whole string is dead. And you're like, Which one is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, please. That's the, like, like come on. Yeah, just throw them away and buy a new strand. Right, like Cooper will never have that experience of going yeah. bulb by bulb. <laughs> yeah, or or you know you have to flick the little flasher bulb to get them to start flashing. <laughs> uh, yes. And then, and then, yeah. The good old days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so these are an upgrade in every way. They're cheaper and better. So and cool. safer. And safer. Like yeah, there's like nothing would make me go back to incandescent christmas tree bulbs so a, oh go ahead we have a small we have a small tree that's fiber optic oh how's that it's fiber optic it's a fiber op the color changing led light yeah. shines up through the trunk and comes out the tips of the tree branch mm-hmm. of the branches and, and does it like fiber optic like cable. rotate disco style yeah nice. yeah nice 
I've got like a pinwheel Jesus uh, poster lit up po- LED, not LED, but it's like a <laughs> in my basement that does that same kind of spinny, yeah, disco Jesus thing. So cool. Well, speaking of LED bulbs, that leads nicely into number six, which is the Philips Hue light bulbs. Yes, you bought me a new bulb for Christmas. Thank you very much. You're welcome. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I'm finding adding a fourth a fourth bulb is interesting. Oh, really? So, and I don't know if you experienced this when you added beyond the initial three. My but I'm finding it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's a. It's a little tricky to kind of integrate it because you have to go in and edit all of your existing recipes, and most of the recipes that are online only have three, only support three bowls. Yeah, it really reveals yeah. how bad their website is. Yeah, and it really reveals how bad their app is. Yeah, and the they, app is bad they too. They just, yeah, like they recently updated their app mm-hmm. and just made it like ten times worse. <laughs> yeah. So what we're talking about are these. Um, Multicolor LED bulbs that are drop-in replacement for regular, like, 60-watt incandescent bulbs. They go into any regular household um, uh, uh, socket. And yeah. you can... There's a base station that you plug into your um, your router via Ethernet, and the bulbs connect to the base station over Zigbee. So um, you go and... and install this app on your phone and you connect your phone to the base station and it sees the bulbs and you can control the bulbs from your phone. Which sounds like a lot of work for what doesn't probably sound like a, 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 a good effect. But uh, let me tell you, I freaking the love ever. them. Yeah. Love. The best things ever. They are totally, super totally. expensive and I still say buy them. Yes. Totally getting some for, um, for Wyatt and Amy when they move here in a few months. So. Yeah, this they are, <laughs> um, you will not, if you get them, you will not know how you live without them. Yeah, I was trying to explain this to my dad the other day, and he just couldn't get the concept, because yeah. it's like, you know, they're light bulbs. Yeah. I'm like, no, but you don't understand. Yeah, these are like future bachelor pad dream bulbs. They're awesome. But, well, and it's when the, know, just, just think how... Think how you know? I'd imagine if you if you had Hue bulbs in Maggie, you know, even in Maggie's room or something, or you know, put her to bed, dim the lights, control them from from downstairs, turn the lights off. Yeah, totally. You know, I just I don't know. To me, that yeah, it seems like it would be super useful with a with a baby too, because you know, you you really want to control the lighting sometimes. Mm-hmm. You have a little one sleeping. I I have. Um... I didn't put it on the list because it's a little bit older, but I have a remote control, like a, a Wi-Fi power switch. So it's kind of like a clapper, but instead of clapping, I can control it with my phone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I use that in Cooper's room because he doesn't like to go to bed with the lights off. He likes them on. So then around 11, I just shut off his lights remotely without having to open his door. Right. Uh, and this would be this, this would be perfect for the same thing, but it's way better than just that. Because it gives you, basically gives you visual control over your environment from wherever you're sitting. And for anyone anyone who has ever used the volume button on their TV remote, (laughs) which is everyone, (laughs) right? Uh, It's it's the, it's to go back, for me, to go back to regular light bulbs is like getting up to change the volume on the TV. It's ridiculous. it's, It's like a volume control for your eyeballs. Yeah, (laughs) 
It is a lot like that. <laughs> but it's not but it's way more nuanced than volume even because it's not just it's not yeah. just a dimmer. You can pick the colors. And pick changing yeah. the colors in your room changes everything. Yeah, it does. So, so uh, I think we're kind of raving about it. There's a couple of things that stink, though. They're just really... The official app. <laughs> the app sucks. Yeah. And I have, like, a bunch of different phones. You have to install the app on each phone, and then you have to, like, connect the app to the base station. So if you ever reset your phone or you ever go to a new phone, you have to, like, go into the, you know, from climb behind the furnace and get near your router and press the button on the thing. <laughs> it's, like, super annoying. You should totally be able to register a new device on their website without having to mess around with the mess around with the base station. I mean, it's yeah. your lights for crying out loud. It's hardly a security, a major security issue. Yeah, but oh, like what's going to happen? Oh, suddenly someone will drive by and it'll be dark. Heavens. You'll have to reach over and push a button or like flip a switch. Yeah. So that's that's one thing. It's totally fixable. They could seriously, seriously, like Phillips, if you're listening call i'll do it just any anybody with any kind of experience <laughs> programming a website or an app could just make this so much better like we love your light bulbs but could you please fix these couple of things i know and and so and the other thing that you brought up already is that um you can you get these recipes for for it's actually kind of a it's really hard to come up with a color, a different color for six. I have six of them. If if you if you want to like come up with a custom scheme, it's really hard to get something that doesn't make you want to vomit. So <laughs> it's uh, it, it's see, it's better to go with the recipes. And the mm -hmm. problem is that the recipes are for like most. The starter kit comes with three bulbs, so most of the recipes that contributed by the community are all three bulb recipes. And there should be an, a much easier way for it to be like, oh, you have six bulbs, just like duplicate the settings for the three onto the other three or something smart. You know, it's... Right. Uh, and granted, I could have one of the bulbs upstairs and another one in the kitchen and another one in the basement and another one in the laundry room, but it should be an option to just sort of like duplicate the thing. So that's definitely one thing. And another thing is, I don't know if you've noticed this, but if I change the recipe on my phone... It doesn't like propagate to my other devices. Um, I generally just control them from my iPhone, so I hadn't noticed. Yeah, so like if you go through the trouble to actually create a, like a recipe on the phone, and like you go to another, like I go to another phone and I press that same, like, uh, it's not the same recipe, but it it looks like it's gonna be the same recipe. It's the same name, and you press on it, and it's still like the the old the old one you have to redo it on every single thing it should totally sync across the devices oh, yeah. like yeah but uh yeah like this this app doesn't like it doesn't even have to be a native app it could just be their website <laughs> right in fact it's funny erica erica uh, oh and, and this reminds me of the 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 i think final bad part about it is that they're not as easy to control as a regular light switch that's just on the wall and any idiot knows how to use so uh, the other day I was out of the house and uh, Erica was getting ready for Thanksgiving and her mom was uh, staying overnight with us and she was staying in my office. <laughs> she, had to, she texted me and she's like, could you change the lights in the basement from that blue color to that sunset one that I like? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like from Starbucks or whatever I was, I changed yeah. the lights in the basement at the house. 
Yeah. The the one thing they did add to the app, uh, their app in the recent update that I do like, is they did add geofencing. I did not notice that. So how does that yes. work? Like when you um, get home, they come on? Yeah, when you get home, they come on. When you leave, they go off. Mm. And you can you can enable it like per recipe. I don't think I got I don't think I got this app update. I still have the same old app, I think. I'll check. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, my, my biggest complaint about the update to the app though is um like touch sensitivity seems to be really bad. Mm. Like swiping between screens. Huh. It just sucks now. So yeah, that's my I, biggest complaint is it's just hard to get around. Yeah, it's so stupid too because it's like yeah. it's just tiny, tiny little bits of data. And for the the hackers in the audience who might not know that um, the the base station has a, a an open REST API that you can you could create your own app if that would actually not be a bad idea. That would that anybody who has these lights hates the app. I promise you, it would be pretty. I'll bet you it would be pretty popular to do like a, a sort of unofficial third party app and just like fix that thing, God, and then get acquired by Philips and be totally rich. <laughs> yeah, I may um I may just make a little I'm I and we can also link to this in the show notes. I may just because there's a, a was a talk about it on um that's I got the idea from a talk at, at uh, Wicked Good Ruby. Hmm. But um you know, maybe I can just like build a Sinatra app and run it on a local web server. Yeah, I'm sure you could. Access it over my local network. Yeah. I mean, I've done it. I've like sent curl command. Like I sent yeah. curl commands to the base station and it changes the light. It like flashes the lights and stuff. Yeah. I want to write a little Ruby app for that now. Yeah. And then host it somewhere and then ha- give, put a username and password thing on it and people could log yeah. in and actually control their lights with a good app. That would be awesome. But anyway, uh, knocks aside, I, I think we listed three or four, maybe five things that suck about hue bulbs. That it's nothing compared awesome. to how awesome they are. They're freaking awesome. They're my favorite thing. I, it is like you just get them, bite the bullet. It's like two hundred yeah. bucks. Just get the starter kit. They're freaking awesome. So anyway, so that is a huge, huge thumbs up. Four thumbs up for the hue bulbs. Uh, so moving on to number seven, the Nest thermostat. And this, this, uh, this is something I have, and I'm going to mm-hmm. give you the, the too long didn't read. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like it at all, but it's, I think it's no fault of the Nest thermostat. The Nest thermostat is gorgeous. The, the hardware and software are perfect. The app is amazing. Is thermostat that you can control you can control it you can control it remotely you can control it for on your local network you can control it on their website it's the way the hue bulbs should work um Mm -hmm. they totally got the software right but the hardware of the thing is it's like jaw-dropping it's so gorgeous like seriously if apple doesn't buy this company i'll be blown away then why do you hate it i hate it because i don't because it's it's i don't need a smart thermostat because Ah. we are never not home Someone is always in my house. So there's never in our, in our heating system sucks. So we always have to have it blasting for it to even be like 70 degrees in the upstairs. <laughs> so, so the thing drives me crazy because if someone doesn't walk past it and, and, and we just have one thermostat in the entire house. Yeah. So if someone doesn't walk past it every so often, it turns the heat off 
and it's oh. like I'm like it. I came home tonight. It is it is literally five degrees. It was five degrees outside when I got home. Right, right. And our thermostat was set fifteen degrees lower than I like to have it kept. Oh. And I am sure I'm absolutely sure that someone is listening to this who has a nest, and they're like, "You idiot! You can just set it. You can just lock it, or you can just do something." And I don't but care. But then that defeats the purpose of having the point of having it. Yeah. If it was smart, you clearly don't need that feature. If it was smart, yeah, it would stay where I want it. <laughs> so, uh, so this sort of a sort of a tongue in cheek thumbs down on the Nest thermostat because the thing is, is I, I I honestly I bought it because I. Well, the main reason I got it is because our, it's just the most beautiful thermostat you can possibly buy. <laughs> it's like an art piece. It lights up really? when you walk past. It's gorgeous. I mean, for something stupid like a thermostat, like think of how ugly a thermostat is. They're completely disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, they're very utilitarian. Yeah, they're gross. They're like old, they're like old 90s PCs. Like that, oh, wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> like there's putty colored, but so like yeah. you, don't, you don't even realize like when you, when you just the way that the thing turns has this awesome action. It's like this, like, uh, it's just amazing. They did such a good job on it, but I totally don't need it. And it annoys me every day. So, <laughs> but I, I don't blame it. I blame me. So if you are the kind of person who, for example, lives alone and commutes to work and wants to have their heat, have their thermostat, like turn on automatically when they're on their way home, all that stuff, it does all that stuff. But yeah, I just, like this would be, this would be really good downtown at our store. Cause you know, we have hours we're closed and yeah. Yeah. It'd be great. It'd be great. I highly recommend it for someone who is nothing like me. <laughs> <laughs> so it does look nice, but I am going to smash that thing. <laughs> so, all right. So there you go. So that's a, I don't know if that's a, I, I, I gotta, I gotta call it a thumbs up, but I just, you know. Thumbs up, just not for you. Not for me. It's just not for me. I'm not, not the, not the target market. Same with the 3DS. It sounds like a cool thing, but it's just not for me. All right, so I am looking forward to hearing about number eight. Yes, this is my second favorite thing. The paperweight, the Kindle paperweight. Kindle paperweight, yes. I've heard nothing but raves about this thing. I, I got a Kindle paperweight back in early October before I went on vacation. <clears throat> Conveniently timed there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this was, this was after, my, after my previous vacation in, in August where I was trying to read on my Nexus 7 and the sunlight was streaming in through the window. Mm. And, yeah. Yeah, not good in the sun. I will say the Nexus 7 was better than the iPad, but in that regard, but... <laughs> but still, it's bad. Yeah. Just the reflection and, in the glare. Yeah, yeah. And I love it. It's, it's great. Um, it does everything it's supposed to do. It does it well. It's, it's very... I I've, I never used one of the original paper whites, but the new one to me is it's extremely fast and responsive, and I don't get annoyed by flickers or anything like that. And the the lighting, from what I've seen of videos of the original one compared to this one, the lighting is a lot more even, mm -hmm. and it's it's very lightweight. And from f based on my own personal use, I have nothing bad to say about it. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I got my dad one for Christmas, and he had to send it back because it locked up constantly. Hmm. And they they recently did a a software push the software update out that includes a the beta version of a web browser. Ah, yes, that's right. And yeah, and to me, this is this is interesting in that it's a web browser on a Kindle, and it's 
know, you have a, a decently sized screen, but it's another example of where you need things like progressive enhancement and to pay attention to, co- to contrast because it's rendering on ink and mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. But on the other hand, the purist in me wishes they had left the web browser off of the paper whites. I, I, you know what? I agree with that. I can totally see where you're coming from there. It's so just because it's like then it's there. Then it's like oh, the web's mm-hmm. right there for you to look stuff up and check Twitter and yeah. Yeah, I I agree with you. I find the web really... I read a paper book recently, and I think it's funny that I have mm-hmm. to say paper book or like physical book, but I read one recently, and it was... Um, there was something about it that allowed me to pay way more attention to it, and it's, yeah. no, it's no mystery what that is. It wasn't beeping at me. It didn't have. Right, it wasn't connected to the internet. It didn't have hyperlinks in it. Yeah, (laughs) and I would totally do that if I could. But I can. I can see the Kindle, the Paperwhite, so much better. Mm. Um, because you have all the all the controls over text size and that sort of thing. Mm. Isn't that interesting? So, so when you are on, I don't know if you've tried it, but do you know how you navigate? Like, is it touchscreen or is there a D pad? Because I've I forgot the original a, Kindle, and there's a D-pad and a browser. Yeah, no, it's it's touchscreen. Okay. Wow. I wonder if Fast Active works on that. <laughs> it does. Oh my god. But <laughs> it does, but it still feels a little slow, just because I think it's I think it has to do with the either the the Kindle white pro, or the paper white processor, or just the nature of e-ink in general. Yeah, the refresh but you, rate. You do get you do get the 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 highlight state. It takes a little bit before you get the highlight state, but then it takes even longer to actually click the link, or for the or to actually load the the new page. So it's still it's still an improvement over over just just tapping the link. Mm-hmm. But there is a like a, a a tiny bit of delay. But yes, Fast Active does work on it. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I'm told the BostonGlobe.com website, BostonGlobe.com works uh, and was tested extensively on Kindle. So that's another one to. I thought you were going to say Boston Globe was using Fast Active. That would blow my mind apart if that happened. <laughs> I think some of those guys are following me on Twitter. It, uh, they, it could it could be possible that they know about it. I would love it if they did. So, uh, paper. I I am considering buying one of these. They're relatively. What are they like? One twenty nine, something like that. Yeah. I am considering this. Um, it's a. It's. Ugh. Smaller, smaller, and lighter than a tablet. Yeah, it's t- it's really tempting. It is super, super tempting because I've just been reading a lot. I mean, the last year, last year or two, we, we got rid of cable and uh, I uh, I have been reading. I've been still watching a lot of a lot of TV shows on uh, Amazon Prime, mostly occasionally Netflix, mm-hmm. but almost always Amazon Prime. Um, almost no movies, uh, but tons of books. I've read tons of, you know, both read and, and listened to audiobooks. Yeah, I must have read. I'm gonna say like at least twenty, maybe maybe thirty, thirty books. Pro- probably more than that in the past couple of years. Fiction and nonfiction, and it's uh, almost exclusively been eBooks. Um, yeah, I've, I've one or probably two read. I've probably read half a dozen since getting this in October. I read a lot more now that I have the have the paperwhite. Mm, so and they, that was that that was hilarious um, when you said you'd read a ton of books and then said thirty. Um, you have you have not met my father. <laughs> he he goes through at least two books a week, usually three. Wow. Yeah, thirty for me is like 
uh, like like uh, probably 10 years went by when I literally did not read one book. Yeah, it I but, I love to read, but it takes me a while to get through them. Yeah. Just because of you know other other things. Sure. So, you know, it it may take me a couple of weeks to get through a book. Yeah. Yeah, I I I am I, I binge on them. Like I'll end up staying up all night and go yeah. like I either, if I get sucked into a book, that's all over. Yeah. that That's what I've been doing for the last week is I've been staying awake reading. Mm-hmm. And actually I've, I have a, a series to recommend to you, but <laughs> oh, good. You've, you give me great recommendations. I, every book you've recommended has been amazing. Like for crying out loud, the, the, Oh wait, I've read way more than 30 books. I read the entire Dresden series, yeah, all the Harry Potter books. Listed. I've read entire series, <laughs> all of <laughs> all the Sherlock Holmes books. Yeah, I'm like an animal. <laughs> I feel so smart. <laughs> well, so I, yeah, so I'm considering. I mean, I'm a I'm a like a gargantuan Amazon user, even bigger than Google stuff, and I just love Audible. I love the the Kindle experience. It, all the apps are great. So the Paperwhite. Is just like now that I'm getting like into reading so much more, I could really go for that. So, so he, and and you're not the only person. It, literally, every single person I've ever talked to that has one of these things is like, dude, it's the best. Yeah, well, except for my dad, who was. <laughs> yeah. I was, so, I was I was so frustrated. He just kept walking up, and I was like, "Well, do you want me to exchange it for another one?" He goes, "No, just get your money back." But Ooh, dad, I'll, yeah. I'll happily exchange it for you and get you another one. He's like, no, I'm mad at it now. Yeah. I'm just like, oh. I know how you feel. That was that's Stop how I being felt. Stubborn. <laughs> that's how I felt when the Nexus Seven crapped out on Eric. I was like, yeah. oh, that was my chance. So, oh well. I've, I've lost my chance. Yeah, window of opportunity. Oh well. So huge four thumbs up for the paperweight. So Hugh bulbs and paperweight are the winners so far, I think. Yeah. Uh, and next up, the Roku. Oh, yeah, man. We have an older one, but you have one of the new ones. I put a Roku. So about two years ago, we had a major hurricane that uh, knocked out power for a long time. And um, a, a three weeks, like three weeks after the storm, like the like the Verizon people came by to reconnect our cable. And I'm like, our cable's out? <laughs> Yeah. Our cable had been out for three weeks and we did not even notice. So I was like, I guess we're canceling cable. So <laughs> so we canceled cable and that, that you know, so we became, air quotes, cord cutters. Um, and we don't, uh, and have never looked back. Like I said, I've, I've watched way more quality TV um, than I probably ever have. Uh, there's tons of great TV shows on right now. There's tons and tons of them. Which blows my mind because forever when I had TV, I'm like, it's just like, oh, oh, House Hunters International. I guess I won't go to bed. You know, I just, <laughs> just totally zone out in this idiotic, but, you know, entertaining brain candy, absolutely useless and, you know, just nothing to it. And, uh, and I'm just so happy we got rid of cable. And so the thing was, we went off on this sort of, what do you do when you don't have cable? Like, what are the options? Like, what do you do when you, um, want to watch a movie, you know, like, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have a DVD player. I don't even have a computer that has a DVD drive in it. And the, uh, uh, so the options basically, um, when we did it were Google TV, Apple TV. Um, I guess, 
I think TiVo will connect to Netflix. Netflix runs basically yeah. on a toaster, so I'm sure Netflix is on TiVo. <laughs> yeah. uh, we never really considered TiVo though, because it's more I see that more as a DVR type of thing. But um, yeah. But so as time got, went by, the Roku completely pulled ahead of all the other ones, in, in my opinion. See, see, that's that's interesting. We have a Roku, but it's in Kira's room, so I've never really looked at it. Like we mm-hmm. got it for her, so she could watch TV in there mm-hmm. because she she had won this TV and, and this drawing at school. <laughs> yeah. 21-inch HD TV. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, the Roku... No, not bad for, for, for a nine-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so, so for me, the difference between all the... So we have, we have uh, three brands. Google TV, Apple TV, and Roku. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've even got a few different versions of the Roku. And they're all basically the same. There's, like, the Roku is... They're all basically the same. You might as well get the cheapest one. But um, the, the it all it comes to it comes down first of all to content, but they all basically have the same content with rare exceptions. Like Apple TV doesn't have Amazon on it, and um, and everything else doesn't have iTunes on it. So yeah, she likes the Roku because it's got the NASA channel. Roku is like they have a ton of awesome channels. Like you can't believe I can't believe how much good TV programming there is. It pisses me off when I think back to how much like crappy channel surfing I used to do. And uh, so it, it all boils down to first, obviously content, but at this point they're all basically have content parity more or less, unless there's some very specific thing that you're into. But in, but generally they all have content parity. But it all boils down to the quality of the remote control. Because the if you have a crap remote control, it's torture. Because you have to do things on these like enter passwords, you have to enter search terms, yeah. uh, you have to enter email addresses occasionally. So if you have a crap um, remote it's control, it's a pain to do with the Apple remote. Typing with the Apple remote is a it pain. sucks. It's terrible. Can you can you hook a can you hook a single wire, connect a wireless keyboard to an Apple TV? Not that I know of. Yeah. It's horrid. Yeah. So Roku has a killer uh, remote control. The typing experience is similar, but they have a, an app for iOS and Android that you can fire up that allows you to like just type away. Oh, cool. So um, you can be flopped on your couch and be like, oh, geez, the, the remote control is just out of reach, but my phone is in my pocket, so I'll rip that <laughs> out. And I, I won't adjust the lights while I'm here. Adjust the lights, change the channel, type in my password or my pin code for Amazon, and off to the races. The Roku is, if you're familiar with Apple TV, it's very very similar, but in my opinion, it uh, it's head and shoulders better because you don't have that BS Apple lock in uh, with the your there's stupid apps. I can't stand. That I plugged my I plugged my iPhone into my computer the, today to guys uh, <laughs> is going to turn into a long story. I recorded Cooper saying I pushed the code to the repo, and I was going to use that as my uh, alert tone because um, I have web webhooks set up on all right. my GitHub accounts. So if any any of the external developers push changes, I get a, a notification on my phone, and the notification to be Cooper saying. Well, the problem is the notification on the phone is this trumpet sound. And I used to use the trumpet sound for the motion sensor in my office. Mm. So, so now when Cooper hears the trumpet sound, he thinks someone's in the basement. Ah. So when we're all in the same room and the trumpet sound goes off, he's like, who's in the basement? 
And I'm like, no, no, no. I pushed freaking code. out your kid. I just pushed code to the repo. And he's like, push code to the repo. <laughs> and he kept on saying it, so I recorded him. So I uh I'm I I wanted to put that as the default alert tone uh on my phone for pushover, which is the app that 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 yeah. does it. That monitors it. That monitors it, right. So um uh so I plug the phone into the computer and it says, uh, this, this computer, this phone is synced to a different iTunes library. Uh, do you want to erase it? I'm like, no, no, I don't want to erase it. And then I look closer and I'm like, it's telling me it's synced to the iPhone, the iTunes library on the computer I'm on. <laughs> so it's like saying JSC Unibody is the computer that this is synced to. I'm like, well, that's this computer. So, so I guess I have to erase my phone to put this ringtone on it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like we were, um, like when I was in Boston, um, I, well, actually, no, I wasn't in Boston. I was 10 miles off the coast of Maine. (laughs) And I, I had to, um, I plugged my iPhone into Wyatt's computer to charge it because we didn't have like one of the, one of the little bricks to plug it in a wall. Right. Yeah, he had his laptop because we were watching movies. So I plugged it into, into his laptop to charge it. And it's like, and he's going, hmm, do I erase your phone or do I not? Yeah, those are the options. Do not do what you want to do or erase your phone. Yeah. One or the other. So I was like, um, I just, I just freaking hate that. Like, and, and that's all because that's all back from iPod days when the DRM was there. And mm-hmm. like, I don't even have any music on my phone. Like, don't give me this BS. Yeah. Anyway. Like, well, even still, it's like, oh, like this, you've already authorized five devices on your Apple account. You can't <laughs> authorize any more. It's like, I know. like what, you don't want me to buy more than five of your things. <laughs> I, I literally do. I use iTunes for absolutely nothing. I, this is the first time I've launched yeah. iTunes in the longest time. And it was a disastrous experience as usual. So I, whatever. So I, I was not able to do it. Don't so now, now my kid is going to have psychological problems because he thinks someone is lurking in the basement. Thank you, Apple. <laughs> exactly. Good. It's you all get, Apple's fault. Yes. Send Apple the bill for the therapy later. Yeah. Delightful and magical. Uh, anyway, Roku, big, big thumbs up. And they're cheap, very cheap. Yeah, they are, like 50 bucks. The nicest one is like $99. Yeah. So a fun fact, fun fact for folks who uh, like to watch TV in bed with their spouse, um, the if your uh, significant other wants to go to sleep, the remote control has a headphone jack. So. Oh, yes, it does. Yeah, and the sound is really good, and it has a volume control on the, the, the remote. So you can just plug your headphones into the remote, control the volume right there, and continue to watch um, Continuum or whatever it is, <laughs> Doctor nice. Who. Yes, you, you watched Continuum, didn't you? I cannot wait for the new episodes. Yes, it's very good. I have watched all of Continuum, all of Fringe, all of Lost. I am working my way through Eureka right now, and I am desperately awaiting new episodes of uh, Continuum, Sherlock, Downton mm-hmm. Abbey, there's a million there's so many good shows out right now no what was was the star trek one that you told me i should watch did i tell you you should watch a star trek one was it star trek maybe it was battlestar was it i don't think i've ever recommended star trek i did recommend babylon 5 is that that's not star trek no what is it 
I thought that was a spinoff of Star Trek. No. Oh. See, people people complain that Babylon Five stole from Star Trek, but they didn't. It was the other way around. Oh, come on! Like, Star Trek's from no, the sixties. No, yeah. no um, the Deep Space Nine was based off of, like, basically stolen. Oh, that is what I'm thinking of. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Today I learned. Yeah. That makes me want to watch it even more, actually. People people think it's the other way around, but... Babylon 5 was pitched to Paramount two years before Deep Space Nine went into production, and they turned it down, and then they made Deep Space Nine. Well, so, geez. Knowing the whole Babylon 5 story. Jeez. So. You have, yeah. like, a tattoo or something? <laughs> <laughs> but it, but when, when it came time to actually air them, Deep Space Nine aired before Babylon 5 did, so everyone's like, oh, Babylon 5 stole from... Oh yeah, it's like yeah. an iOS Android thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the this like like okay. I, I've just got off on the most ridiculous nerd tangent ever, but that's awesome. <laughs> I love how you just you have like the, the history memorized, like you've been in flame wars online about it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone on the internet is wrong. I can't go to bed. Yeah. Oh man. Well, so Roku, big thumbs up. Go out and buy one. Um, and for, and it's worth mentioning since uh, the whole point of this is, uh, is from a programming standpoint, not just gadget review. Um, mm-hmm. you, uh, can build channels for the Roku and you can build custom applications for the Roku. And I have not done oh, this. I did not know that. Oh yeah. Yep. I don't know what the application procedure is, but, uh, I will certainly be building apps for the Roku because it's, it's like one of those things where, you know, when, when you, if you, if you just have an iPhone, you just want to make iPhone apps, you know, cause you yeah. like, you want to be part of extending and, 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 and making this cool thing even more awesome, like customizing this thing to your life. And I use the Roku like a lot. So, uh, I would, I would, you know, I don't know if there's an approval process or if there's, I'm sure I know there's a, I think there's a, a software SDK and IDE. I don't, I don't know if it's like language it is if there's like an html approach or whatever but uh, i would love to set up like custom youtube channels like a, a feed of youtube channels like for cooper that would just like play garbage truck videos the or garbage whatever. truck channel yeah well now it's legos lego city so oh okay yeah or lego garbage is, trucks is, is like is, the has best. he finally moved on from garbage trucks he still likes garbage trucks but now it's legos particularly lego star wars oh cool which is he, great he and, he and richard would get along really well then yeah, he's. I'm starting to get along well with him now too. <laughs> no, he's yeah, awesome. He, oh, oh, they, they, they did get the the package I sent for them, didn't they? Uh, yes. Okay. But I'm struggling to remember what it was. But I remember saying that it was from you. Okay. Tell, remind me what it was. Uh, there was the fire truck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and a the, it's a loud fire truck, things. Kelly. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a loud one. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> we got uh, it. We hate you, but we got it. <laughs> yeah. No, he's still a big. Fa- he's a big fan of trucks still. But when he's on yeah. YouTube, he's not. Uh, he's mostly watching Lego videos and he's watching game walkthroughs of Angry Birds. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. You know what I used to do when Kira was little? I'd take the toys apart and I'd put like a little piece of foam over the speaker and put it back together. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a bad idea. <laughs> it's torture. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, 
I think I read a couple reviews ago. It's not that loud. <laughs> he likes it. <laughs> You'll pay. <laughs> uh, shall we move along? We're up to number 10. Yes. yes. Number 10 is the spotter. And I have not even heard of this. I have no idea what it is. So tell me what the spotter is. The spotter is a sensor puck. It's like a... Makes uh, sense. <laughs> It's a, um, it's a, it looks like one of those renewed, it looks like an air freshener, <laughs> like one of those disc shaped air fresheners, like a urinal cake yeah. or something. And, uh, it's got, it's got magnets, which I like, and it can sense, uh, motion, sound, light, and temperature. And it connects to your Wi-Fi. It has, um, a couple of, I think, double A or triple A batteries in it. And you just like slap it up somewhere and, uh. You know, once it's connected to your Wi-Fi, it sends information over the network to a central uh, thing that sends push notifications to an app that you have on your iOS or Android device. So, um, so for example, one use case was that I took it and just like smacked it on the front of our dryer so that it would uh, send me a push notification when the dryer started moving. That's the, the, mm -hmm. the activity when it goes from a still state to an active state. And then when it stops moving, it sends me a text message that it stopped moving. So I know um, when, you know, when somebody puts some laundry in, in the dryer, and then later I know when it's done, I can go down and, and take it out. Yeah. Um, the but that's, that's way more proactive than I am with my laundry. <laughs> it's really, it's really aspirational for me because I don't actually do anything about it when I get the push notification. <laughs> yeah, but at least you know. I know. Yeah, I know. It's nice. But I do, so here's the thing. There's a couple of, there's, this is, this is probably, this is probably going to be a thumbs down because it's, it's a, uh, I feel like this is not ready for prime time because, it, or it could be one of those things like it's just not for me. I've had a couple of these motion sensor things. I've had a couple, and some of them are like, someone's walking through the room. That's one kind of motion sensor. And another mm -hmm. is this thing is vibrating. Right. And that's what this one is. And I really, I don't, like, literally I'm walking around my house, like, what can I attach this to that would send me information <laughs> yes. that I get? And just totally a solution looking for a problem. Yeah. It's like, what, what information do I need? Yeah. Yeah. And I've had this thing for uh, a week, and I literally can't come up with anything besides the dryer use case that is remotely interesting. Yeah. I considered putting it on the car so that I knew when Erica was driving or not, like, when she was like leaving or not, you know, mm -hmm. but, but a, that's way too stalkery. Even if I, obviously I would tell her, but still it's too weird. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even if, even if you are married, that's way too stalkery. Yeah. And, and a B it wouldn't work because it has to connect to your home Wi-Fi. Right. So basically and all C, I would know is that it was connected. See, if not. Erica's going out for any length of time anywhere, I'm sure she tells you anyway. Yeah, it's it's useless. I was just looking for. Yeah. I couldn't. I literally now, if I had an office or something, maybe you know, I'd put it on the door of the office and be like, "Oh, someone's in the office. That's weird." But I I just don't have a use for this. Uh, if if we were away on vacation, the temperature sensor might be nice. I could know that the mm. temperature was low, or that like somebody opened the door. Kind of put it on the cat and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's just again. I mean, it's. I feel like it's kind of similar to the nest. Like. Someone's always home. There's not like a, uh, 
if I was, a, you know, if it was back in my apartment dweller days when I was commuting an hour both ways to work and, you know, my apartment was empty all day and maybe there would be some, some, something interesting. Maybe in the summer we spend a lot of time down out camping. Maybe it'll be interesting to have it in the house to, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I would, so now the reverse though, I would love to be able to put the thing down at the campsite to know the temperature down there because a lot of times we'll be like, well, I don't know, should we go down or not go down? And if I could check yeah. my phone and say, oh, the temperature is like, it's like 25 degrees cooler there, which sometimes is the case. So we should either totally go or totally not go. Right. Uh, but there's no Wi-Fi there. So I can't, you know, it's, it's like, ah. So, you know, I feel like it's a solution looking for a problem, but um, there are two things about it that I think have long-term implications for programming in general. Uh, mm -hmm. One is that it's relatively inexpensive and has a ton of sensors in it. Very cheap, very consumer friendly, very easy to set up. The rules are very simple to set up compared to a That's lot really of the cool. other ones. And the, um, the, the, the deal breaker for most of these things, uh, the Hue lights, the Wemo sensors that I've talked about in previous episodes, um, I've had a bunch of these things that are devices you put in your house that have no screen but need to connect to your Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. And it's this huge, huge problem of how do we get the damn Wi-Fi password entered. <laughs> right. It's this huge, big deal. You know, assuming that your Wi-Fi network is closed, which it almost certainly is these days, getting that stupid Wi-Fi password in there is a, is a nightmare. And the, uh, the, the spotter is uh, a product from Quirky. So I don't know if you know what Quirky is. Mm -hmm. So for the dear listener, Quirky is kind of like Kickstarter, but it's kind of like Kickstarter if Kickstarter manufactured the stuff that got funded. So Quirky is like a social network of people with, with cool ideas for like hardware stuff that needs to be manufactured. And, and they... So somebody will have an idea and they're like the inventor and then all the, the quirky community sort of thinks about it and comments on it. And wouldn't it be cool if it did this or like, no, it'd be even better if it did this. And they kind of come to a gigantic brainstorming session that results in a product design that uh, if it wins, it gets the most upvotes, then quirky, the company actually manufactures it and they put it in like Target and Walmart and, and places like that. Right. And so, so, so when are we going to make the niche? What, I don't know. What does it do? I don't know. We should think Probably of Probably just sits on your desk and says stupid things. Should be a, it, sh it should be like a little figurine that literally runs everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little like J-Bot and K-Bot like with perpetual motion legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it will not stop. Um, and has a siren like a fire truck. So I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the reviews said it wasn't that loud. <laughs> it's like post-traumatic stress disorder from the thing. Oh God, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm obviously totally exaggerating. No, it's cool. He likes it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but anyway. So, um, so spot. So the thing is, Spotter and a whole bunch of uh, the products that Quirky produces have have this technology called wink built into them which is freaking awesome and it solves the how do i enter the password problem very cleverly so all of the the wink devices from quirky of which i have two right now the other one's a, a smart power strip 
um, they have this little house icon and it's got a little it's like a clear plastic house icon and behind it there's like a, an optical sensor and you go into the app on your phone there's a wink app on the phone it's not specific to the spotter or to the power strip it's just the wink app specific to the house icon yeah. and you um, connect to your wi-fi network and it you basically log into your wi-fi through the wink application so now the wink application knows your your password and you then take, you just press a button. It's like, it says, are you ready to connect your whatever, your Wink app, to, your Wink device to the network? Yes, I am. Okay, press this button and then hold the phone screen up to the house. And you press the button and it counts down and it's like, look out, I'm going to start flashing like crazy. And you just literally put your phone screen against the house optical sensor and the screen starts flashing black and white in a binary pattern that, that, transmits the password to the device and it then talks back somehow communicates back to the phone to tell it that yes i'm connected that's super cool it is so awesome i want to like transmit everything via binary lights flashed from my phone <laughs> so i heard recently this is a, this is a related topic that you can actually you could transmit a virus from a light bulb to a computer this way that that you know what an air gap is yeah so you can cross yeah. an air gap with this nice you're crazy right so so yeah. that, totally separate topic but but i i completely love this it is by far the most elegant solution to any of these things and i hope to god that this house the little house wink thing shows up in all of these new things because it's perfect that's that's probably where they got the name wink oh yeah totally <laughs> Yeah. It was either that or epileptic fit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wink's got a little better ring to it. It's either wink or seizure. <laughs> right. It's seizure. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it warns you twice before it starts flashing yeah. that it's going to start. Oh, sure. There's probably a law that says it has to warn you. It's pretty, it's pretty dramatic. You, you really don't want to look at it. Like even when it's facing away from you, it's kind of like, Ugh. Yeah, but uh, love it. Totally great. So, uh, so the spotter itself, I don't really have a use for it. They did a good job with it. It's a it's a good piece of uh, kit. It's like a good, nice hardware. It's it's perfect. It's fine. Uh, and if I if I can if I end up with Wi Fi down camp, I'll leave it down there and have it connected to so to send me the temperature readings back. Uh, but other than that, I really don't have a use for it. I've got one of those twines, which is a similar thing, just absolutely horrid experience connecting that thing to the wi-fi in fact i never successfully did it i had to oh, wow. i had to open up my wi-fi network and have no password to even play with the twine i uh, literally never got it to work so spotter is by far the best one of these things i've played with yet um, it's it's kind of like arduino for the masses very consumer friendly so fun to play with um and it's um Potentially has, I don't know, I think for a developer it'd be fun to play with, so it, it might be good to get, but I'd be surprised if you came up with a super practical application for it. Cool. So, yeah. yeah so it's, I mean, it's, it sounds, the, the Wink thing is definitely interesting. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I, I expect to see that on more things. All right, so that was 10. I think we've got, we had some uh, so? some picks and pans. Um, I think we, we should, I do want to do the bonus 11. This one goes to 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, which this probably almost certainly would have been at the top of the list, but I didn't receive it yet. 
But right. uh, last week, or recently, I guess it was a couple of days ago, I ordered a Sphero, which is a, um, what, are they, what do they call it? It's got a hilarious name, but it's this round white ball the size of like a softball that uh, is a robot and you can control it with your phone and you can send macro, you can write macro programs to send down to the thing so that it, it can execute on its own. That's um, really cool. And so now weirdly, and the thing's, the thing's like wicked fast, you can sh- it shoots all over the place really fast. Yeah, we, we tried to calculate how fast the other night, but yeah, we, that almost, <laughs> we were too dumb. Yeah, we were way too dumb for that. But uh, the thing is sick and it's got this... Um, programming language uh, i think they call it uh or basic and it's literally like line 10 line 20 line 30 uh line 40 go to line 20 if you know it's like it's basic maybe i should get this for my child since i'm forcing her to learn how to program yeah it's basic like you remember i don't know if you ever wrote did you ever write basic yeah yeah so the thing is super cool so that there's but it's 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 a game. It's definitely a game. And mm-hmm. it's and it's got a ton of sensors in it, like all of the accelerometer variety stuff. And it's got um, LED bulbs in it. And you can send all kinds of information to it to, um, you know, as the, the website says, uh, Sphero is a robot that outputs information by rolling around, flashing an LED bulb, or sending information to a smartphone. So... So that's the output, but you can also use it for input. So there are third parties. Mm-hmm. They, ha- they have an app store for this thing mm-hmm. where third parties write apps. Like there's an augmented reality one called like rolling zombies or something like that, <laughs> where you put the thing on the floor and you sort of look at it through your iPad. And as you move the iPad around, it moves accordingly. But on the iPad, you can see all these zombies running around on your floor, like cartoon. And you got to roll over them. Yeah. You got to squash them. That's cool. It's pretty cool, especially because of how responsive the ball is. Yeah. And uh, so there's that sort of thing. Uh, but then there are also games that you you use it as the controller. So you you, you have like an iPad game, like, I don't know, uh, like, let's say Missile Command or Astro. No, I'm trying to think of a 3D game. Like, I almost want, let's just say Asteroids even though that's okay. 2D, you can use the ball to rotate the ship. So it, it becomes the user input. So mm. it, the accelerometer data gets sent to the phone to to manipulate things in 3D space. It's bizarre. So like So you can use it as output or input for whatever. <laughs> that's, it, that's crazy. It's crazy. And they're like, there's a fairly... Popular. It seems like a fairly popular app store. Like mm-hmm. there's some some very pro looking apps that the ball is integrated with, either as input or output. Does it make noise? I don't think it does make noise. I do not think it does. But anyway, uh, they're uh, eh, I'd call it a little pricey for a game. It's like 120 bucks. It's not. I mean, for what it is, I think it's completely worth it. Um, but I'm yeah, so two, looking forward to. Are there two versions it. of it? Because I was looking at one. I was looking the other night, and Amazon had one for eighty and one mm-hmm. one thirty. There is, yeah. There's a there's an original version which only goes three feet per second. I got the one that goes seven oh. feet per second. Oh, yeah, that's it. I need to need to order the. Yes, the but there's also there's also some. Mess di- with the pets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
it has it has a spaz mode so if like if the dog is trying to get like like trying to get it and you can't get away from the dog you go into spaz mode and the thing just takes off like <laughs> and there's no way any kind of organism could catch it it just goes crazy what happens when it hits a wall does it have sensors to keep it from running into things like a Roomba does or something yeah so th- that's funny because I watched a video about it and apparently the, the the original one it was actually kind of hard to get it off a wall because it wouldn't turn around in pl- like on a dime it had to roll around like a you know you have a like in a car with a terrible turning radius you almost have to do like a three point turn yeah it looks like the original one was kind of like that but the new one it can literally just turn around on on its axis like where it's touching the floor that's cool i mean does it like does it have sensors in it that keep it from running into the wall in the first place i don't think so i don't it doesn't i don't know if it has a mode where it just roams around yeah so i I do not know that i'm sure that it it definitely would know if it hit you're gonna put it into spasmol and knock mode and knock a hole in your wall that's what (laughs) i'm asking yeah it must it must do that. I have no idea, though. But I will. I will certainly know soon. This thing is radical. So, and it's inductive charging. It you just put it in this. Uh, it's got this little cup that it sits in, and it. Oh, that's the other thing about the 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 Sphero Two, is that when you put it in the inductive charger, it needs to be perfectly seated in there, like straight up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, and the original one, it was easy to, I guess, like put it in there and it not charge, and you not know. But uh, yeah. the, the new one senses when it's in the cup and it like wiggles around until it's oriented properly. <laughs> nice. Uh, the thing is so crazy. That's, it is the craziest thing I've ever seen. That's cool. It has like a little personality to it. It's so weird. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that funny how, how that happens? Yeah. We start projecting. <laughs> yep. So I, it's, Cooper's head is going to explode when he sees this thing. <laughs> He's not going to want to ever go to sleep again so well at least you'll have an excuse what's that in the basement oh it's just a sphero right it's the spheros changing the laundry out of the dryer yeah. my sensor my my spotter puck went off and the sphero is going to change the laundry yeah it's really cool so i you know i think i did i put quadcopter on the list i thought i did but i guess i didn't i don't know no i we talked about it the other night, but yeah, they didn't make this list. Yeah, so I, I you guess... You got the quadcopter and Kira got a helicopter, so... Oh, man, they are so great. It's like... So I guess to... to we, we covered all our gadgets and to kind of, kind of like bring it to... Back to our overall theme of building apps that run everywhere. The stuff that, the stuff that we're talking about is like... I think a lot of it... There's just so many trends that is making these things possible. These are like... I think everything we talked about is consumer electronics... It, they're they're all very polished things that are ready for the average. I would say all of them are pretty much ready for the average user. They're they're not too fiddly to set up, and they have like these massively complicated sensor arrays and input and output options. And they're uh, I think every single one of them except for my Christmas lights can connect to the internet, uh, which is a a shame. I'm sure there are Christmas lights that can connect to the internet. Yeah, I want Hue Christmas lights. <laughs> totally. They do have strips. They have light strips. Yeah, but you can't control the individual bulb colors. That's awful. Come on, people. I know. It's laziness on their part. So the th- so the thing is, I always like to I always like to sort of it, when people get all like freaking like into 
like plugins for parallax scrolling on their website i'm like people that is such like that is such a clever little hack that it applies to desktop browsers that were created in the last two years like the amount of effort like okay cool it's like fun and clever and like you know but good grief the the to paint yeah. yourself into a corner with if anything about your cool parallax website or whatever i'm just picking on that is like a, a flashy web trend mm-hmm. if anything about that is polluting your content or preventing you from uh, setting up a self-service api or uh, taking time away or, or like ruining your accessibility and cross-platform accessibility for your website then you're just you're so you're just like completely just showing off for other web developers and wasting everyone's time yeah it's like the the we are not even going to recognize the world in 10 years like I just turned 45. Like when I'm in my 50s, I'm basically like I'm pretty sure my head's just going to be exploded. You know what I mean? It's like I wouldn't be surprised at all if we had self-driving cars, if the hyperloop was real, if there were mm-hmm. like if there were like a moon base. It, none of this would surprise me at all. Oh, that reminds me. Um the FAA has approved te- test sites for commercial drones. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Like so so yes. Amazon's right. Amazon's drone delivery will <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I mean and that's and that's what I'm getting at. Like like stuff so the, the thing is like I do a lot of consulting with big companies and it's like they're these sort of dinosaur organizations that are not even set up organizationally in a way to respond to the kind of rapid change that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. And so when they make decisions about stuff, they're like 10-year decisions. And to to do anything other than the most flexible possible thing you could implement is a huge mistake, in my opinion. Like everything, we always we're always hammering on the same thing. It's like it's like scrub your content so that it's output agnostic. So whatever wacky, you know, if somebody puts a browser on a paperweight. Your your content isn't going to be polluted <laughs> yeah. with stuff that doesn't work there. Have APIs available for your content so third parties can mash up, you know, self-service mashups of, you know, whatever data and services that you have. And, and don't start at the desktop. Everybody wants to, I still, it's just amazing to me how many people want to like fawn over every pixel of their desktop site design. Mm-hmm. And they completely ignore the fact that it completely sucks I'm going to say completely one more time. It completely <laughs> sucks on on the complete array of mobile devices that are available to the complete world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. That's very complete. Um, <laughs> Did uh, I, say, I should me, say totally a couple times too. Totally, totally complete. Hmm. What gets me is the people who are like, oh, yeah, well, we do mobile. We have mobile design too. They'll, like, they'll have a desktop version and then they'll have like, a 320 pixel wide version. Yeah. It's like, you know, just guess all the stuff that goes in between. (laughs) Usable net. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I mean, I don't think response web design is a silver bullet or anything, but it's kind of like table stakes. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like get, get, I'm I'm like big on iterative development. I think it's obviously, it's a very popular thing right now anyway. And I'm big on, we're both big on progressive enhancement and, and it's not, it's not 
right for everything, but it's right for a lot of things. So if you just start with semantic markup, you know, clean content, semantic markup, progressively enhanced for certain device, you know, powerful browsers, and then maybe you make some native apps for, you know, for iOS and Android and the, and the, the other uh, platforms, they can use your, your wonderful website that degrades gracefully across every, you know, on their 3DS or wherever else. And then, right. oh, by the way, your content might make sense going to a Sphero because it plays audio content. And if, you know, in somebody, some crazy, wacky, you know, 16-year-old kid posts a YouTube video of them hacking together your podcast feed into the Sphero, you know, that then goes and changes your laundry. I mean, it's like we can't even mm-hmm. imagine what these, what kind of devices are going to be commonplace in people's households in the next even five years. Yeah. These helicopters can be everywhere. They are so much fun and there's going to be cameras on them. Yeah. And like to, to be able to plug in a quadcopter with like an auto balancing gyroscope to a camera and then connect that to the internet is going to be freaky. It's going to be so cool. It's the, even when, even though my cheap $35 one that I bought that has no camera on it makes you feel like Mm -hmm. you can fly. It makes you feel like you can position your body anywhere in space. Yeah, like Kira, Kira's got an airplane and she's got a helicopter, and they're both they're both really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I brought the thing to Christmas, and I thought I was gonna like cut one of my nephew's heads off because <laughs> they would just would not they could not control themselves. They could not stay away from the thing. Like mm-hmm. we were yelling at them. We're like, "Get! You're gonna get your your eyes gonna get like literally gonna get your eyes like chop your face chopped open." <laughs> they're jumping for the thing, like yeah. you know, like dogs for a frisbee. And we yeah. tell them, we're like, don't, don't do that. And they're like, okay, we won't. They couldn't control themselves. It was like, it's magnetic. They were, they were fighting. They were crying. Like, I, I have to go next. I have to use. Like, <laughs> if you haven't used one of these things, you are going to be blown away when you finally try one. I'm ordering one right now. They're so great. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, yes. I, the, I don't even know the name of the one I got, but it's that. It's, uh, Shoot. It's it's the cheapest one. It's like two ounces, four propellers. It's got like a little circular plastic UFO center. Yeah. So much fun. And there's ton and and it's it's and the one I got is awful. <laughs> there's like uh, DGI has this new one uh, that uh, is like it's like 150 bucks or 200 bucks something like that. That uh, it, it practically flies itself. They're pretty hard to, I mean, you, they're hard to fly. Like it crashes a lot, but when you combine all of this stuff and it, and it gets all linked together, you know, before I was saying like the spotter is a solution looking for a problem, but <clears throat> it, it enables people to think about solutions in a whole new way, like this connected internet of things, you know, and, and all of these, all of these things that we're programming now are going to be part of it. So it's like super important in my opinion to like keep them really flexible not not get over you know, not pour too many resources into like uh you know a particular yeah maybe you have a reason to pour a ton of resources into like a desktop web design i, I suppose there are reasons but yeah you're kind of missing the boat i think when you know yeah you need to need to be trying you need to be putting your efforts into casting the widest net possible yeah, in mo- in the majority, the ma- vast majority of cases, I think reach and flexibility are far superior to like pixel perfect user experience in in one specific place. So, 
of course it always depends on the application but um i, I think 90 percent, 80 or 90 percent of the apps you see in like you know the enterprise 90 percent of them should be a web app maybe with a native ui it's just like it's crazy so but we've been talking and talking and talking we should give the dear listener a break i think yeah you can have fun editing I feel like mm. there's not a lot to edit. Uh, just have to piece things really together. Long. Yeah. 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 The, the broken up call. Well, we, we had a week off, so we had a lot to get off our chests. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then it it feels more put together. Yes, this is actually the second time this week we've attempted this podcast. So. Yeah, we were a little too sleepy and wasted the other night when we tried it the first yeah. time. Yeah. This, this is much more put together. <laughs> That's saying something. <laughs> So, that is our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week for the Niche Podcast. Bye. Bye.